Welcome to Level 7. A podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Episode 270. Defenders, Season 1, Episode 4, Royal Dragon. Welcome to another episode of Welcome to Level 7. I'm Ben. I'm a Level 7 agent, just like you. You know what else is a Level 7 agent? Well, that'd be Agent Samantha. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm all right. So we are here because this podcast is about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And right now we are kind of making our way through the back catalog of netflix series that we haven't touched yet uh and that's mainly because and i think most people would agree with us that um when when stuff is released like this from netflix the conversation is a little more evergreen but when stuff is being released week by week episode by episode one at a time the conversation tends to be about what was released that week um unless you're like evan and able to binge a 13 episode season in one weekend uh the conversation about the season doesn't follow the same kind of rhythm and pattern. And that's the pretty much the biggest reason why we've chosen to do it this way. Um, now that said, that means there's been a lot of things happening over time here, you know, so it's, <laughs> we're talking about defenders and, um, there's still Punisher. There's Jessica Jones season two, Luke Cage season two, Iron Fist season two, and now they've announced the date for uh, Daredevil season three, which is going to be three days after my birthday here in October. And it's, you know, so there's stuff for us to watch. There's stuff for us to, to get into. And another bit of news, I don't know when the best way to talk about this is, but have you heard what they're doing with the Disney streaming service, Samantha? Uh, no, I have not heard that. Okay. So you've known that they're going to be probably a live action Marvel series on the Disney streaming service, right? Yes. That's just something it's just you, Disney's doing their own streaming service. It just makes sense that they're going to do this kind of thing. Netflix has been so successful. Why wouldn't they try and just capture the pie for themselves? Right. Um, they have announced that they are doing mini series on their streaming service. Oh, wait. Yes, I did. <laughs> I okay, do remember yeah. talking about this, yes. Yeah, miniseries featuring actors playing the role of characters from the movie series. So the two that they mentioned were um, a miniseries about Loki and a miniseries about Scarlet Witch. And these are going to be series of six to eight episodes each. Uh, I don't know if they're planning to do you know, the Netflix style of release or the Hulu style of release. Um, but one way or another, they have basically, um, wrapped up a handful of my money <laughs> and making, <laughs> I mean, we knew we were going to do it. We knew Disney was going to do something Marvel MCU. And so I've known they're going to be getting my money. Uh, this is just them confirming, Hey, Ben, we're going to be getting your money and here's what we're going to be giving you for it. And that in the Star Wars series. And then hopefully they open the vault to like all their old, old stuff 
that, you know, classic stuff and not so classic stuff that I remember watching as a kid that's not available anywhere except for very expensive. Um, yeah, so we'll see. We'll see. What, what, do you, what do you think about that? Um, well, I think they have heard the call of take my money now, and they're like, okay, we will give you something of value for it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm not exactly excited about the subject matters. You know, Loki is not a character that I'm really into. Um, Scarlet Witch also, I'm not. But um, here's the thing. <laughs> my one daughter is convinced, convinced that Quicksilver is coming back. And, you know, I keep telling her, no, he, he's not. And then you have Infinity War happen. And, okay, well, there's a possibility that they could do shenanigans if they wanted to and, and bring him back. And now this comes up and I'm just thinking, well, wait a minute. Um, they Actually, if they do a flashback series with Scarlet Witch, yeah, we could potentially see Quicksilver again. Um, actually, that could become a little uncomfortable. Well, depending on what they, how they play it, yes, it yeah. could be. Um, I haven't brought that up with with my my daughters. You know that there's kind of a romantic link between the siblings. Yeah, and they played yeah. it that way on purpose because the director asked them to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, talk about uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I haven't brought that up, and and they haven't noticed anything. Um, Okay. And they've shifted their attention really to Tom Holland now. So we, if I was their age, I would have a huge crush on Tom Holland. He, yeah, he's like teenage me. He's right up my alley. So yeah, I don't blame your daughters at all. And he's just about he's perfect. I mean, yeah. as far as the actor goes, I mean, he's, he's just about perfect. He plays things well. They love watching him on Instagram. Um, talking about spider-man and different things like that and you know what can i say they're teenage girls yeah and he seems like a just one of those really hard-working people and a very genuine personality perhaps one of his biggest flaws is that he can't keep spoilers to himself (laughs) yeah but your, Um, your greatest weakness is also your greatest strength and so they've been able to use that um with some of their promotion but constructively yes yeah yeah so, okay, well, that is um, the news, I guess, for this episode. Uh, also, we've had the Captain Marvel trailer come out. Yes. Which, quick uh, quick perspective on that. I loved it. Um, made it, I'm, I'm now even more excited to see this movie um, like I wasn't before. Um and, you know, just, you know, the feminist that I am, I know people, go ahead, roll your eyes. Um, I saw some activity on social media where teachers were coming forward, um, where their students, the boys were having, the boys in their classes were saying, oh, you know, girls shouldn't be superheroes. And then that morning that it was released, she played that trailer for the kids. And they were like, yeah, we want to see this movie now. This This looks so great. And so... You know, breaking barriers. Um, girls can be superheroes too, but um, I'm also kind of looking forward to when the girl superhero fad is sort of a norm. So, you know, we can just get a full play and not have to worry about, you know, is every uh, hero female? 
because I don't think it always has to be female. Just yeah. one little playtime. That's all. Yeah. Well, and I, I I'm excited. I, I mean, I've been excited since they first announced this. Um, just because of the storyline that I think that they're going to be playing with is a really great comic book storyline. If you, I, I don't remember the year that it started, but um, this most recent run on Captain Marvel, um, I think it was Kelly Sue DeConnick who wrote it, and it. I followed the first few arcs there, and they were fantastic. So, so good. And I mean, partly because there's, you know, just it's just really good. <laughs> and I don't want to say anything because I don't want to spoil anything, but I would recommend those, the first two arcs at least of the Captain Marvel line. I think they switched when Kelly Sue DeConnick came off the, the title. That's when I jumped off the title as well. Um, but it was very, very, very good. And I think they're going to be tying in kind of with the, the kind of the, the plot beats from that one. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. But the trailer itself was also just dynamic. It was, a really, really good trailer. It was. Isn't that a teaser trailer? It's longer than two minutes. Okay, so that may be just the full trailer. Um, I mean, they may be calling it a teaser because maybe it's not the theatrical trailer, but mm -hmm. I believe it was over two minutes long. And to me, okay. if you're over two minutes, I don't care what you call it. <laughs> you know, it's it's a trailer. You can call it a teaser, and that's great. Yeah. And I might slip and call it a teaser with you, but um, sorry, marketing people. I mean, if you're doing a two-minute trailer... I'm calling it a trailer. Yeah, I think a teaser trailer should be about 30 seconds long. 30 seconds to a minute. Yeah, I, I'd give them the leeway to the minute, Mark. Yeah. 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 Um, but you said her name is Kelly. Kelly Sue DeConnick, I think. How do you spell that? Do you know? Yeah, Kelly as traditional Kelly. Sue, traditional Sue. And then D-E-C-O-N-N-I-C-K. DeConnick is the last name. Okay. So fantastic arc. Really good. Good stuff. So we're going to get into our uh, phone calls from when we first watched this episode, episode four of The Defenders, uh, Royal Dragon. And so I have phone calls from Daniel. I have phone calls from Stuart, phone calls from you, Samantha, and a phone call from me after we watch this episode. And and we're just going to jump into it from there um, and talk about the episode. But this is our initial reactions before we knew anything about what was going to happen after this episode, because right now you and I have both watched episode four and we know kind of what's coming. We may not remember much uh, because it has been about a year, but um, <laughs> not about a year. Actually, it's been uh, over a year, a year and a month since uh, it was released on that fateful day in August 2017. Uh, and as this conversation is happening here in September of 2018. But um this is what we said before we knew anything else about how this, where the series was even going. We had no idea where it was going at this point. So uh, I'm going to play those phone calls here. And then Samantha and I will jump into our conversation about the episode after that. Defenders season one episode. The one where they ate. What is that? Four, five. Oh no, they ate. Danny ate a lot. Huh, I'm kind of conflicted. So, on one hand, it took me an entire day to remember that I didn't even call this in. So that is a concern. That is a concern. And it did at times feel definitely like a bottle episode. 
same time, this date key information. We now know about the war. We know where the chase and the ham came from. We know who the chase worked for. We know that Danny is super important and stupid. Well, they made him stupid. Why didn't they share all this information with Danny? It's interesting. Interesting. Uh, a lot of good stick stuff. Definitely find out how the hand was formed. Uh, I'm finding it interesting that uh, we've made Kunlun pretty much multicultural. Because, um, again, we have literally people from all over the world being attracted to Kunlun. So maybe in the MCU, Danny isn't as an oddity as he is in the comics. Because in the comics, he's definitely the only white Caucasian guy with blonde hair walking around. So I find that interesting. It, you know, could lead to interesting casting choices in the future. Uh, spoilers, it could lead to Danny, it not seeming weird when Danny has family members who are Kunlun leaders. No, I don't know. I just haven't decided how I feel about this episode. Good stuff, interesting stuff, maybe a little tame at times. Matt's a little whiny at times. I've begun to, I, I begin to see some of this give and take that I'm, I'm looking for, forward with Danny and Luke. Matt, that's my takeaway. I begin to see the give and take. Um, Look, Luke looks very disgusted when we find out that Danny just uses black card to, to take over the restaurant. You know, I, I find that this could be interesting, the, the dichotomy and the give and take that we're going to have between those two. Isn't it weird when you team up with your girlfriends on a power team? Just saying. All right. Well, on to greater and more interesting things. I mean, other interesting things, one says. Later, bye. Agent Stew calling in for Defenders episode four, or as I like to say it, the best superhero TV series ever. This, this is amazing. This is what I wanted to see for since they announced it right here. I didn't know about Jessica Jones playing the car through the through the through the plate glass window, but that was awesome. But them lining up in line, getting ready. Superhero Smackdown. This is awesome. Um, although I was a little, you know, I'm a little MCU-ish. Oh, only you four can save the entire uh, New York City. Um, hmm, what about the big tower downtown that's got the big S on it? What is that? Or the big A. I guess it does have a big S and a big A and a T and an R and a K. Yeah. So what about Stark Tower? I don't know. It'd be really, it'd be so awesome. So awesome if one of the Avengers showed up at the end. It's not going to happen. I know. Hashtag it's all connected, but it's not really all connected. But it is, but it isn't. Anyway. Um, yes. Episode four. It's so good. It's so good. I can't wait to watch the rest of it. All right. Peace out. Later. Bye. Hi, this is Samantha. I just finished episode four of The Defenders. Well, actually, I I finally finished it, but I started watching it. This was my third watching. Uh, the previous two times I fell asleep for 
various reasons. And we behind the scenes, we have a saying, life comes first. And sometimes that includes sleep. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I finally did get to see it. So we have the team sitting down, coming together, explaining what they know. Um, and, of course, Jessica gets really upset about something storms off, finds out she needs to be back with the group. She rejoins them just in time to have Alexandra show up with the black sky. I'm not even sure if it's right to call her Electra right now. Though, I think while she, I think she does, she might not remember everything, but she has like a gut feeling that something's not right. And I think that Electra is trying to fight her way through what she's been taught by Alexandra. So, yeah. Uh, and the episode leaves off with Jessica rejoining the group. They're about to face off um, the black sky. And, yeah, we'll see. And, of course, if you notice the, the, the colors in the restaurant, you got your... Um, you red, your reds, your greens, and your yellows, and then off, of course, by the bar, you get your blue lighting. Hello, Jessica. <laughs> so, okay, so um, I am going to watch episode five. Hopefully, I will not th- sleep through this one, and I'll call you guys back. Bye. Okay, I lied. <clears throat> I watched another one. And now I want to watch the next one. And this series pretty good in that regard. Like, it feels like, hey, keep watching, keep watching, keep watching. And episode four here, ending the way it did, they're, they're doing it right. Uh, as far as wanting you to continue. And, and I feel <laughs> a little upset that we're only going to get eight, eight episodes of this. And then we're going to go back to solo series. Uh, this is fun. I hope the solo series are going to have more crossover in them, but, you know, only time will tell on that. Anyway, um, what else is there to say other than I stayed up way too late. Good thing it's the weekend. Tomorrow's my day off. My son's going to jump on me in the morning to wake me up so we can watch cartoons. And back, you know, five, six, seven years, I can't remember how long ago, um, I used to start the cartoons with the kids, and then I'd go into my office and watch Battlestar Galactica, a new episode from eight days before, which is how they did it. And I'm tempted. I'm not going to because it's a little harder to just, you know, sneak away um, when it's only one child as it was when I had four who were watching cartoons. But anyway, uh, we'll see. I don't know when I'll finish this, but they're doing a good job. They're doing a really good job of pulling the strings together, bringing the characters together, bringing them together in, with their different personality types, with their powers, and, um, you know, is it perfect? Probably not. But on this initial viewing, I'm saying to myself, this, of all of the Netflix Marvel series, this is the one I would see myself re-watching because I want to, and not necessarily because I have to, because I'm covering it. Um, yeah, and it only got eight episodes long. Yeah, I mean, that's just, that's three movies, right? Something like that. So, yeah, that's all I have to say. Bye. Okay, that was us a year ago. 
and uh, that was me staying up too late. Um, if you didn't listen to the episode before this one, I believe in my recording there I said I was going to stop watching, uh, but I went ahead and, and continued. I don't remember doing that, um, but I'm not surprised by it because I do remember wanting to watch this series as fast as possible because I was really enjoying myself. And I I don't remember. I believe I had self-control and actually went to bed that night, but I don't remember. So I guess we'll find out next episode when we talk about Take Shelter. But for now uh, – yeah, I managed to stay up way later than I should and finish watching this thing. But um, Samantha, um, what was the deal yes. with you there? Uh, you tried to watch it, fell asleep, tried to watch it, fell asleep. If I'm getting the chronology <laughs> correct here, uh, and then tried to watch it and finally made it through. But um, yeah, uh, what's going on there? Is there some sort of physical problem? You have a that's you know, not a the show's sleep apnea fault. Or, uh... This is a fantastic episode. I fell asleep because I was in the middle of a very, very busy work week. And I was not getting all the sleep that I need, so I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, it, listening to your call, it made me realize we've had that saying, life comes first, like for a long time now. Because yes. um, you quoted it there. And I, I haven't gone back and listened to, you know all of our episodes to see like when was the last time we used that or the first time we used that on the, on the mic. But um, that's always been something from the beginning where we say life comes first. That's a big reason why Daniel butcher is um, not doing the regular podcast, but still doing the phone calls. Um, in fact, he called in for all of Punisher and all, you know, some of the other series as well um, that will be coming, but um, yeah, life, life comes first. And that's another that's partially a reason why uh, the episodes you know, why we waited on Netflix instead of doing two episodes a week, you know, doing a regular episode for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and then trying to squeeze in a Netflix episode is just, you know what? Life comes first. So. Yeah. I think you guys had that motto before Stuart and I joined, because if if you didn't and you said that we got to get these things out every week and blah, 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 and doesn't matter what's going on in your personal life, I would have been like, Haha, see ya. <laughs> Well, I mean, there's part of that, but but part of it is because we're able. To, there's so many of us, um, you know, we're able to share yeah. share the load. And if Daniel or I had to miss when it was just the two of us, then we just made it up the next week, you know. And so we would just do two short episodes or something like that. And that's why we had like we doubled up on some of the episodes with with Netflix series and tripled up on Iron Fist, if I remember correctly. Uh, yeah, but yeah, life comes first. So. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, let's talk about Royal Dragon, episode okay. four of The Defenders. We are, after the end of this episode, halfway through the eight-episode series. And, again, this is, uh, you know, looking back at our phone call, uh, I was saying, you know, these eight episodes put together, you're basically getting the length, the running time of three movies. That's not too bad when you think about it. But then you think about it, only eight episodes. You know, and... um. This episode, I know there are people who don't like it because it's slow and it's expositional. I loved this episode. And rewatching it, I really enjoyed watching this episode. What's your do you remember how much did you really like this when you watched it back back in the day? I liked it because um oh, I've spoken about this before, all the lighting stuff with the different characters, you go into the restaurant and it's all four different colors. Mm -hmm. And, um, the little joke, the bar is all blue, mm -hmm. meaning Jessica. And <laughs> she's constantly drunk. 
Um, um, the table where they sit, that's typically kind of a greenish color. And I think that's because a lot of the conversation focuses on Danny uh, being the objective of the hand um, for the time being. Um, over by the window, it's kind of red. Um, there's also some yellow in that room. I, I just like the entire room. Uh, and I like the conversations that they have between the four of them. Um, each one of them is bringing their own concerns and their own thoughts into this conversation. And they're all merging together. And it's Danny who says, we need to make a team. And and everything that goes on, they realize that, yeah, they do need to be a team in order to stop the hand. Because they're all really... They didn't realize it in the beginning, but towards the end of the episode, they realized that they have all the same objective in it. And it really uh, helps. They can help each other by being a unit. Yeah. I mean, they start this episode no, kind of knowing they have the same objective because they just came from the same place. But they're definitely all coming from cross purposes where they they were at that place, but they were there for, for very different reasons. So you have Jessica Jones, who just wants to crack her case. Luke, who just wants to help that kid in Harlem. Danny, who wants to stop the hand. And then Daredevil, who can't help himself. You know, And um, so they started out, and they're all at cross purposes. But then they're also all getting to know each other. And so the personalities are, like, really popping up. And... You know, so you have Danny being idealistic. You have Luke being very pragmatic and practical. You have Jessica who just wants to get away from these people. And you have Daredevil who's like, nope, I can't do this, but I have to do this. And that's what I love about this team up. Now, I still, you know, calling the Defenders, this is not the team from the comics. The Defenders from the comics started out as Submariner, Hulk, and Doctor Strange. And they weren't a team. They were just a group who got called the Defenders because they needed a title for the book, but it was the non-team. And they kept coming together because things kept bringing them together and they couldn't help themselves. And so that was a completely different thing there. And then I used to read the Defenders comic in the 80s where it was kind of Avengers light and it had Valkyrie and it had Angel and Iceman from the X-Men and it had Gargoyle. And they were all like hanging out in Doctor Strange's house and uh, just kind of a dark, I guess could it be, you know, maybe Avengers light or Avengers dark because of the, the kind of the darkness of, of things in that. But it was or maybe X-Men dark. Yeah. A little, like half or, of like somewhere between X-Men and Avengers or X-Men light. Yeah. I mean, it was. Yeah. Um, and, and what I liked about it was my favorite X-Men team is. Cyclops, Marvel Girl, Iceman, Beast, and Angel. And so you have them it, when the new X-Men come that, that are popular and everyone likes, you know, Wolverine and Cyclops and, and Colossus and um, uh, Storm. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, you know, they come on the scene and everyone's like, oh, this is great. And it revives X-Men and everyone likes X-Men again. But um, in that period, you have the champions where – Ghost Rider, Hercules, Iceman, and Angel, and Black Widow are all a team together. And then after that, Iceman and Angel join the the Defenders as part of the team. And so it's kind of fun for me then to be able to kind of trace them as they're going from you know this this book to that book. And um, it, it's just I, I 
I was glad to see my my favorites, you know, in in the the Defenders comic. And so anyway, here we have the Defenders. They're basically heroes for hire. And I don't know why, other than they aren't hired in this series. They never got hired as heroes. So heroes for hire as a title, I think, would have been a better title. Maybe. Mm. But no one hired them. They sort of hired themselves. I know. And that's why. No, Jessica. Jessica was hired. Yeah, I mean, Heroes for Hire was Luke Cage and Iron Fist working together as a duo. And they had a storefront in New York City and they would get hired to go. And it was kind of a team ish where sometimes they got paid and sometimes they didn't. Sometimes they wouldn't accept payment because the person needed their help so much, you know, that that kind of thing. But it was a team up of these two exploitation film genres in the seventies. So power man, Luke cage is coming from that black exploitation film genre. And the, this is Marvel saying, Hey, we can make some money there. And it's the same with iron fist coming from the martial arts, you know, Kung Fu movie genre in the seventies. And then when those two titles were kind of coming down in numbers, Hey, let's put some peanut butter in our chocolate. You know, it'll taste great together. And so they, they mix it up and it actually turned out to be a, pretty good long-lasting title because of the the personality mixes that they had and that's what we're getting here that's what daniel liked about this episode was just seeing that um but that's because he loves those comics he likes the power man iron fist team up in comics and so here he's finally seeing it happen a little bit more uh, as danny and luke are getting to know each other and as all these personality types, like I said, are rising to the surface and they're getting to know each other and playing off each other. And I feel like they do a fantastic job in this episode, um, you know, writing them all together. Uh, yeah. Let's see. The writer is of this episode, not on what I just clicked on. So okay. <laughs> I was thinking I was going to see that there, but. Well, um, I was thinking that, well, from almost the get go from earlier where they were and I think it's the last episode where they were talking in the dojo. They do. I mean, Danny and Luke do have chemistry as characters and these two actors do have chemistry together as these characters. So, I mean, I kind of wish that now that you explained it, I kind of wished that they stayed with the heroes for hire um, title instead of defenders or maybe defenders semicolon heroes for hire or something like that. Or I could see them coming back, and I don't know if they'll do this, because you also – there's another team up with Colleen and Misty in the comics where they were Daughters of the Dragon. And you know, I'd love to see a Netflix series that's Daughters of the Dragon. And, you know, okay, so maybe they don't do season two of Defenders, but they could do Heroes for Hire as a, a series uh, on Netflix. I, I doubt they will, but they could. Um I did look this up. So Douglas Petrie and Marco Ramirez are the art are the artists, the uh, uh, the writers on this episode. They are also the, the people listed as creators of the show. So they were the ones who put together kind of the premise and ran the writer's room and and did that kind of thing. Uh, Marco Ramirez and Douglas Petrie did not write episode two and three, but they Marco worked on episode two with Lauren Schmidt Hisrich. And then Douglas Petrie worked on episode three with Lauren Schmidt Hisrich. And so I don't know exactly how that worked in the writer's room. Um, but then next episode, Lauren and Douglas and Marco all work together. And then later on, we're going to throw in Drew Goddard. He's, 
he's got an episode with Marco uh, Ramirez. So, yeah. And so the, this is basically a very small uh, writer's room, uh, writer's team. And I'm not sure exactly how it all breaks down. But these two guys were the, the main ones in, in putting the series, the season together. And so it makes sense that this would be one of the strongest episodes. Um, but this is the one where it's personalities coming together. This is the one where they're figuring each other out. So to t- kind of talk through the plot a little bit, let's just we'll talk about the people in the restaurant and then we'll talk about the bad guys and then we'll talk about the bad guys in the restaurant. How's that sound? OK. All right. So the restaurant's being closed and as it's being closed, um, the people who own the restaurant, they're not happy that these guys have just walked in and said, you need to close your restaurant. And then Danny pays for rent for the next six months with his uh, super credit card and also um, buys four of everything off the menu <laughs> because that was part of the terms uh, to buy four of everything. So they they put their heads together. They start discussing the hand and they start discussing um, who they are. And Jessica Jones, of course, she knows who Matt is, even though he's wearing her scarf over his eyes uh, as his really, 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 really poorly designed costume. But, hey, it was on the fly, right? And so um, they're talking about how we need to go up against the hand. And then there's a lot of talk about there is no we. Um and that's that's basically the beginning of our episode with them. Um, they also start figuring out each other's powers as they're talking. And Matt's, you know, hearing things and and able to know what's going on better than anyone who's blind should be. Um, and so in our next kind of segment together, you have Matt talking about how all the stuff they did back there was trespassing and it's illegal. And Danny's saying, I, I tried to do this legally. I even put on a tie and, you know. But, you know, you guys don't have to come with me. I'm going to take this these people down, the, the hand down one way or another. And Luke is just saying, I just wanted to help that one kid. And Jessica Jones is saying, I'm in over my head. And this is where Danny says we were brought together for a reason. And that reason is to make lots of money for Netflix. That's why they were brought together. <laughs> they, he's very right about that. Well, and then, Netflix and Disney. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but Netflix wouldn't have done it without Disney because Disney owns them. Uh, yeah. the, the, the characters, I mean, and, and Disney wouldn't have done it without Netflix. And so now because of their success here, you got a lot of things happening. We have the Hulu series, which Disney has bigger stake in. You have the, you know, um, cloak and dagger on, on ABC family, which is kind of following this model of storytelling with the shortened season and very, um, you know, long form storytelling going on with that, but episodic as well. And, and then you have the streaming service that Disney's coming up with to say, Hey, this way we get to keep it all. Like <laughs> we don't have to share money with anybody. So stick shows up next. And so we'll talk about stick here. Let's, let's talk about them before stick comes though, because stick becomes, I mean, he as a stick, comes in and just stirs things up um but before he gets there they're just they're directionless and they're trying to figure things out and i really like the interplay here i really enjoy watching them all have what they want you know and that's kind of 
storytelling 101, you know, know what your characters want. What does your character want the most? And in this situation, Jessica Jones, crack the case, Luke, help the kid, Danny, take down the hand and Matt stay out of trouble. Keep his, his identity secret, but get back in the game. Maybe. Oh, that's that entire internal conflict thing going on with Matt for Matt. Cause he, he wants, he, he, wants to stay out of it but there's a part of him that wants to get back in there and and save people and because he liked it but on the other hand (laughs) people die because of it so he's conflicted yeah yeah Yeah. and i mean we all know what he's gonna do you know he's gonna he's going to fight he's going to be the guy who he needs to be um but this is where you get a very interesting conflict. And that is because stick arrives and he's, I'm the guy who's going to help you save New York. Right. Stick then has, you know, this relationship with, with Matt and he, he's trying to recruit them all. Basically. Uh, he doesn't have to recruit Danny. Danny's already in, uh, but he wants the others to help him in, in their war. And this is where I think people can kind of turn against this episode. There's a lot of exposition in this episode. There's a lot of conversation in this episode, but here is where we get kind of the, the background on the chaste, the chaste sticks army was iron fist army. And they're, you know, Kunlun and, Pompeii and Chernobyl and a bunch of these historical things that was caused by the hand and stick gives him some background on things and he brings a challenge and he's, you help me. And this is, again, you get these responses, Jessica Jones, she's not having it and she's going to leave. And Luke goes after her and she's all, this isn't about, she's like, this this isn't my thing. This isn't about me. And, and Luke says, yeah, hey, this is that's good. I'm glad you said that because you're right. It's not about you. That's a concept you need to try out, you know, maybe sometime. And uh, he says, you you have these powers and you have such contempt for these powers. Maybe you should try, you know, using them for good, for helping. And yeah, yeah. that's not me. She's out of there. <laughs> well, Stick didn't exactly say help me. He told her to shut up. I believe. Well, no, he he's yeah, he's bringing them the challenge, but he did tell her to maybe even sit down and shut up. I can't remember. Sit down and shut up. And she's like, are you are you kidding me? And yeah. You don't tell Jessica Jones to sit down and shut up. I'm curious how much reverse psychology would work on this person, you know? Oh, it would work so well. Anyone tells her to do anything and she automatically is going to do the opposite. It doesn't matter what it is. Her first response is, you're not going to tell me what to do. I'm not going to do what you're telling me to do. And then maybe later on she realized, oh, I should have done that, even though the person who asked me was a jerk. You know, but if if he would have said, yeah, Jessica Jones, you should just leave right now. <laughs> no, I'm staying, you know. Yeah, we don't I'm want you here, now. Jessica Jones. You should leave right now because um, you you should not help us. Oh, 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 I'm going to fight your war right now for you. Somebody needs to call Trish and Malcolm and let them know. Because yeah. <laughs> if anybody needs to know that information, it would be those two. Yeah, they are definitely the ones who 
end up yeah spending the most time trying to to help her down from the ledges she gets on but yeah yeah what do you think about jessica jessica leaving i mean we'll talk about what she's doing in a, in a moment here but this feels to me like a very good character driven moment yeah uh if any one of those four were going to walk out of there first it would have been her it's interesting because right now of the four jessica and luke have the strongest bond strongest relationship they're well, the only real bond and relationship well, but they're so known opposite each other the longest out of out of four so yeah but what's interesting me is that they're so opposite he's earnest and wants to help people and he's just a good guy you know and she's more selfish and wants to help people kind of but doesn't want to like she doesn't want to want to does that make well, sense? She, she's an alcoholic superhero. And there's a lot of uh, there's a like a whole school of psychology just about addiction issues and, and those addiction personalities and she has that. Yeah. Um so that's what they're working with there is that that sort of contrary, you know, I'm gonna do this myself and you can't tell me what to do and I'm fine and when she's really falling apart sort of personality. Yeah. Well, and she also can't really truly get and stay drunk, I think, because of her her powers. Like she's she's burning through the alcohol in her body in a way that, that a, a typical person wouldn't be able to. Oh, that would be true. Kind of like the the Wolverine. You know, he She does doesn't she have hangovers? She does. But like it takes more for yeah. her to get there. Okay. So, yeah, that's right. She does have hangovers, which explains why she's constantly why she constantly has a drink in her hand. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, she takes off, and Matt knows. That she, I love this interaction here, where they is she coming back? And Matt's like, "No, she left. Did you use your powers? No, I've met her. <laughs> <laughs> like that's great. I love that." Um, so this is stick more exposition. He talks about I trained Matt to fight a war, and he decided to put on the outfit instead. And then what he says um, to Danny and Matt, "You two have a lot to, to learn from each other." And the two responses from Danny and Matt are so they're they're just great. Again, there's great interplay here. He says that you two have a lot to learn from each other. Danny says, "Of course." And almost at the same time, Matt says, "I'm done taking lessons, Stick." And and then Stick says, lessons ain't done with you. <laughs> again, that's just a great interplay. And this is just a really well-written episode. And, and maybe I appreciate the exposition and the conversation more because I'm really appreciating the, the scripting that's going on here. Yeah, that's why I really love this episode. It's, it's uh, yeah, a lot of exposition, but they deal with that by putting, like, forcing all the characters' personalities into this exposition. Yeah, yeah. Because everyone says show, don't tell, right? And right. and that makes sense, you know, and a lot of that is, you know, I was reading a screenwriting book recently where it was saying, if you use flashback, show it, you know, don't have the characters just talking it. Where you break that rule is if you're using the conversation and the words to show the inner workings of your character. 
So the exposition, yes, it serves that purpose of telling us background story, but then it's using that exposition to show us our character's responses. And so, yeah, there's a lot of telling going on, but there's also a lot of showing going on. And I mean, oh. I'm enjoying it so much. For example, and I'm mentioning this now because I didn't earlier, um, of the three, Danny's the one that isn't um, halted by the fact that Matt has these extra human powers, like the powerful nose, or mm-hmm. he can has, he has super hearing and such. For him, I mean, it's just like, because there were probably individuals in Kunlun who had something like that. So, I mean, he didn't even turn his head to it. He's very oh, interested that's, that's, in it, though. That's pork over there? Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's interested in the power set, and he's curious, are you using it right now? You know, but... Yeah. Yeah, the food, that but was, that was another great interplay there. Yeah. Yeah, he's not, he's not halted, like, mentally halted by it. Like, the way, um, I, I can't think of the better way to put it than other, that they were just halted. Um, but, um... It doesn't stop Danny in his tracks the way it does with Luke and Jessica. Yeah. Yeah. Then again, Danny's also the one who got his powers basically magically. So this is where Luke finally says something that should have been said a long time ago. And I appreciate that they're calling it out. I appreciate that Claire last episode or the episode before that was saying, I've got someone you need to talk to. You know, Claire is finally saying, hey, I'm I'm going to connect you guys because you belong together. Luke says, finally, OK, now is the time to tell us everything we need to know. Now, they cut away before we get all that exposition because it's all stuff that we already know. But how many stories and how many movies and comic books and TV shows and books would just go a lot smoother if people would just tell you Everything. Tell the main character everything instead of like holding on to key information that you get to the end. Well, if you would have just told me that in the first place, we wouldn't have had to do any of this stuff. Well, that's why we didn't tell you so we could have a movie. But, you know, it's this is Luke finally saying, tell me everything I need to know. And I really appreciate that about Luke just saying it outright. And let's yeah, let's actually have that happen in a show. That's great. It's yeah. good. What came to mind was uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Because if Indiana and Miriam had just taken off and left the Ark alone, the Ark would have taken care of itself. Let's just say. I mean, the same thing would have happened to the Nazis. Yeah. They would have all died. They wouldn't have to do a thing. But if they didn't get involved, we wouldn't have had this fantastic movie. So Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, the whole movie is about Indiana Jones finding this thing. But you're you're exactly right. Like if if they had just let the Nazis find the thing, take it to the island and do their thing without any f- trouble, they would all just They would have been dead yeah, sooner. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Although they may not have found it without Indy's uh-huh. help. So <laughs> That's true. But they may have tracked <laughs> That's down even Mary- worse well, though, isn't it? Well, they, if it wasn't for Indiana, Miriam would have died at the hands of the Nazis in Nepal. So he saved her. No, but if if it wasn't for Indiana, 
they wouldn't have found it as soon. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Like they so. found it faster because he was around. And then, yeah, at the end, it didn't even matter. Yeah. That's a really interesting. Huh. Yeah. Well. That's a, that's a conversation for a whole nother podcast. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's not a podcast that we're doing right now here. So glad we had it now. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about Jessica Jones' investigation time. Okay. She drinks. Mm-hmm. She's at her laptop. Mm-hmm. She's deleting stuff from her laptop. Individually. One at a time. the image. <laughs> yeah, this is not the best way to go about deleting large amounts of files. Just, you know, just this is my tech advice to you. This is not a tech podcast, but um, if it was, I'd be telling you, you, you can delete things like just – click on a whole bunch of things at one time by holding down. If you have a a Mac, I believe you're holding down command. I don't know. Maybe that's why I'm not doing a a tech podcast. But anyway, yeah, you don't have to do it one at a time. You don't have to open the picture to do it. But she's, you know, giving it one last look, see one last send off. Then she notices the handwriting of the people who are signing these documents. It's the same handwriting And it's the same person over the years. And suddenly she realizes that Danny Rand, he might be crazy, but he's not lying. And so that's Jessica Jones investigation time. That's why we have a detective on the team. Yeah. (laughs) Well, well, I guess any one of them could have done it, but she has a detective's instincts. She has a detective's instincts, and she has these because she was investigating a case. Yes. And so this is where, again, now I, I like looking at teams and figuring out you know, who's needed on the team and why are they needed on the team. And a lot of times it comes down to kind of a trio of things. And you know, we could talk about how there's there's differences and stuff, but – um, this one we have four, but you have mind, body, and soul. And and then you can, you know, do variations of that and combinations of that as well. But you definitely have um the soul of things in this team is Danny. And mm-hmm. then you have Luke, who's definitely the body of things. Mm-hmm. Like and then Jessica is kind of the the mind, the head of things. You have head, heart, and hand, so another way of putting it. And then you have Matt, who's kind of all three of those things mixed up and in turmoil. And in a lot of ways, they do a good job with defenders of making it all about all four of them. But I feel like it is still about Luke, Danny and Jessica, but as it's about them, it's about Matt because he's kind of a reflection of all three of these things. And if you look at Danny's idealism, Matt is stuck between Danny's idealism and Jessica's cynicism. And then you have Luke's sense of duty in there as well. And so that's, but yeah, Jessica Jones is absolutely kind of the, the head of things as far as the mind, the figure out, you know, she's the detective. The logos, would you say? Was it logos, pathos and ethos? I'm sure you can pick that out too. Well, and with Matt being a lawyer, which that's that's something that they specialize in with um, arguments is, you know, is it is this logos, pathos or ethos? 
that's drilled into lawyers. So, I mean, yeah, again, I mean, but he's kind of got all, summed up all into three. Him. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's Kirk, Spock, and McCoy, you know, mind, body, and soul. And, you know, you have the uh, the same with uh, Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. You know, Batman is mind, Superman is body, and Wonder Woman is soul. And just, you know, how they bring these things into their dynamic. And it's just, it's it's not a perfect thing. It's not a perfect trilogy or trinity, I guess. Not trilogy, trinity of of characters and ideas. It doesn't work all the time and it's not in everything, but I feel like it definitely fits here. The other thing is Daredevil has had two seasons already. Daredevil was the one they chose to open with, um, with, with the series of, of all four of these characters. Daredevil was the first one. Um, I mean, part of that is because he's more recognizable to regular people who aren't like steeped in comic books. Daredevil is probably the one they've heard of, of, of the four, but, um, this is definitely about Iron Fist. It's definitely about Luke Cage. It's definitely about Jessica Jones. They do a good job of mixing that up, making it an ensemble. Um, but I, I do feel like Matt is the one that kind of, for me, pulls focus. And, yeah. yeah. Well, I, th- I think a large large part of that is, is his natural sense of leadership. Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, and as the sh- Spoiler alert! As the sh- as the sh- as the series goes on, uh, that becomes more and more evident. Yeah, well, but- and that's the other thing is, uh, a lot of times if you have a single lead for for a show, a lot of times you'll have those three pieces in the supporting cast, and and yes. and those three pieces are holding up your single lead, um, and and reflecting your single lead in each of their characters by reflecting these different facets of your main character's life. Yes. So, all right. So we have now sticks story time. The elders of Kunlun were harnessing the power of your chi to heal people. But the five heretics wanted immortality. And so they were banished. And over the ages, they did things and they were, bad and they you know hurt people and did things but you have alexandra you have sawandi you have madam gao you have bakudo who's dead which stick says finally some good news you have murakami that's the guy who is behind nobu so these are all people who one way or another have affected our characters either in their own series or in this series uh and then um Iron Fist pipes up. In the past few minutes, this guy's given me more information than Kun Lun ever gave me. Um, but, hmm. And, and again, he's the Iron Fist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, poor guy. <laughs> but, now it makes me curious what's going on with Iron Fist Season 2 because what were they teaching him? Well, I don't get it. Yeah, I mean – we're talking about how he's naive and everyone, you know, people don't like his show because he was, you know, kind of passive in the show. And, and I kind of look at that as, yeah, you know, we're starting out with this guy who's had a stunted adolescence and now is coming into the real world again, so to speak. And, but I am wondering, okay, so if he's the iron fist, why the heck weren't they telling him more about what the iron fist is doing and about the hand? You yeah. know, uh, 
I mean, he knows stuff, but he doesn't know enough. He doesn't realize, you know, how this kind of age old war and all these things. So it's a mess. It's a mess. But I'm glad they're addressing it and making the mess and these things that could be plot holes are actually plot elements now. Yes. So that's I appreciate that. And I appreciate the background that they gave us of Kunlun because that's been kind of mysterious for us. Uh, we haven't known exactly what was going on with that stuff. So, Yeah, people complain about retcons, but sometimes it's very, very, very helpful, Yeah, especially for plot holes. A retcon is great if it doesn't create more plot holes. Right. Which some retcons just do. You know, you, well, we're going to change this because it's better. Okay, it, you're right. It is better, but then it completely goes against everything you did over there. Yeah. So. yeah. Meanwhile, Jessica Jones goes and visits the client and says, we need to get you out of here because this is getting weirder and weirder and I'm going to get you some protection. And then <laughs> the lady's like, well, the, didn't isn't there already protection? There's a car parked outside. It's been out there for a while. And... That's not good. That's not good at all. Nope. So then we go back to the restaurant. Danny, he's eating. It takes a lot of energy to summon my chi. And this is the uh, back and forth with Danny and Luke. This is the other nice mm -hmm. thing about this episode is, yes, we have all four of them together. But we also, each one of them gets moments with the other. Like one-on-one. -on -one. So Luke gets a moment with Jessica and Danny and Matt. Matt gets a moment with Danny and Jessica and Luke. And they all get moments with each other. And so this episode, well-crafted, you can kind of see that there's a workmanlike quality to it to say, hey, we need all four of them to come together. We need each of them to have time with each other. We need Stick to get involved. Stick is a defender in, in the context of this show. Uh, you get the, the hero shot at the end of this episode, and he's involved. He is lined up with them, with all yeah. four of them. Well, uh, if you think about it, there's five members of the hand, and Stick makes the fifth member of the Defenders. Yeah, you're right. He would be, the, yeah, the fifth finger of the... He's the thumb. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Danny's eating, interplaying with Luke. Um, says we make a great team, and Luke says no. And Matt is brooding nearby and, and Stick is talking with him about, you know, Electra. She's alive. No, she's not. Yes, she is. I saw her. No, she's not. That's not her. And then a car pulls up. And it's very dramatic. Um, then we cut over to Jessica Jones. She pulls a dude out of his car, fights him. Um, here's the radio from the guy. He's he She's hearing bad guy radio stuff. That's not good. We cut to a van of guys with weapons. That's not good. But then inside the restaurant, there's Alexandra. And while they're looking outside at the van or the car or whatever that pulled up, Alexandra just, just makes herself appear in the restaurant, Batman style, sitting down, ready, already eating. Um, and she tries to make a deal. She says, we, we weren't trying to kill you. Uh, wait, wait, wait. We got to stop here. This is where mm -hmm. we stop because we're going to talk about the baddies now. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't talked about them yet. So we'll come back to them. Oh, OK. Yeah. Let's let's do that because I want to go back to that thumb thing. OK. Yeah. 
About stick or about the fist? Or about not the, the fist, comparisons the, the between the hand and, and the defenders. Yeah. Well, we're going to start with Electra, uh, who's staring okay. in a mirror and just trying to figure out what, who, what, where, when, why, how. Um, and Alexandra, just, hey, your life is new. Your body is not. The woman who left this vessel is lost and the vessel landed where it belonged. And that's with me. And they quote this whole thing about I'm the black sky and I serve life. Which and together we serve life itself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Her, your, your body landed with me. No, it was more like dug up. Well, yeah, but it was brought to her. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is where we meet uh, next. What's his name? Mura, Murakami. Murakami. Uh, because we are in a dark kitchen where a chef is cutting meat. It's the moon bear, the moon bear. And he hunted it and he killed it himself and it hurt him. And he is now visited by Alexandra, who says our resources are nearly depleted. And Iron Fist had help. And they are recruiting. And he brings up with her, the problem with you is your inability to get your hands dirty. She's, I do what's necessary. Um, but this is one of the first times where we're seeing now, okay, the hand is kind of coming together. Because this is another member of the hand. So we've, we know Gao. We know Bukadu, Bukadu, however you say his name. We know Alexandra. And now this guy who is carving the moon bear and it's yucky. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think if stick is the opposable thumb, because he is kind of opposing <laughs> the defenders a little bit. Yeah. Um, Murakami is the deposable, opposable thumb for the hand because he's working. He's not quite in sync with the rest. Uh, the other three are following Alexandra where Murakami is kind of like, okay, I'm I'll work with you as long as it's serving also my interests. Yeah. And his interest right now is getting more of the substance because Alexandra used up the last of it. What's interesting here too, is the conversation. And this also Mm -hmm. shows that they're not in sync. Yeah. She speaks English. He speaks Chinese. Japanese. Is ja- okay, sorry. Japanese. It's Japanese. I believe either one of them could be speaking the other person's language. They are oh, choosing they not to. Yeah, they, they both can speak the other's language because they're talking They're listening. To each other. They hear it. They understand yes. it. But then they're choosing not to speak the other's. Yes. And I think that also kind of – is a representation of just that how, yeah, the way you put it, they're not in sync. They're opposing each other. And any other TV show uh, would have just had them speaking the same language, probably English, because that's the one that you don't have to subtitle. And that's the one that you don't have to pay for translators. Um, But then, you know, they could have done both of them doing Japanese and, you know, again, just showing, okay, we're, we're having this conversation and Alexandra knows all these languages. Isn't that great? You know, something like that. Mm-hmm. But here it's played as this, yeah, they're against each other. 
Uh, and the only time that she speaks Japanese is at the end of this conversation to say together we serve life itself. Right. Uh, which is ironic because are they really serving light life itself? They are, but it's their own life. Yeah. Like if you're, if you're really going to parse it out, I think that's what it comes down to is we serve life itself as in we are seeking immortality. We are seeking to extend our life. We are not serving life by helping people. Yeah. Saving people's lives. No, it's us. Yeah. And that's an interesting thing. I mean, that's that's a common conflict, a common personal conflict. You know, like how much of what we do are we doing because it makes our life better or makes us feel better? You know, this, you know, I'm going to help people because it feels so good, you know, to, to mm-hmm. be a help to people. And that's a great place to start. You know, when you're, when you're helping people because it makes you feel good, that's good that you feel good because you're helping someone. It's a great place to start, but it's not a finish point. You know, as human beings, we want to develop past that and, and help people, not just because it feels good to help people, but because it helps people be able to think outside ourselves and, and move beyond ourselves. So let's go back to Electra. She's in a room of weapons and she's visited by Sawandi, the man in the white hat. And he's just there to taunt her about her failure. <laughs> and yeah, this, her failure, this is interesting because you have a lot of people as they fail, um, getting called out for failing. Mm-hmm. But then the people who call them out are going to fail pretty soon. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's not as easy as everyone's making it out to be. You know, Alexander could just take care of things. No, she can't just take care of things because it's not easy because they got Luke Cage. (laughs) Yeah, but what I found uh, interesting about this scene is um, he taunts her. And if you watch her reaction at the end of this scene, that's not Black Sky. That's Elektra. Electra coming out to taunt him. That's our old pal from yeah. Daredevil season two. Well, and this whole episode is her, I think, kind of inwardly trying to figure out who is she? Mm-hmm. Who am I? Um, next. And I think that's also a conflict she even had with Daredevil season two, was it not? Oh, it definitely was. Yeah. But in that, it was because she was actively thinking through who am I, who should I be? And yeah, I think, yeah, the difference is with Daredevil, it's more in the Daredevil series when she was Electra, it was more, who do I want to be looking into the future? And with this, it's who was I looking into the past? Mm, Okay. Next we have Alexandra. She's being dressed in a really terrible looking outfit i do not well i don't know why anyone wear that dress it's like takes eight people to put it on it's all these sashes just kind of folded in the right place in the right way and like it's silver it looks like it's a 50s sci-fi costume or something for an alien that's there you know they're alien not because they look like aliens they, they look exactly like us but they're wearing tin foil. And yeah. this dress, man. But she's feeling sick. And Venus de Milo is on her wall. I found that interesting. Um, this scene, 
I wrote down mirrors and reversals because a couple different times they show a different angle using a mirror. And so you're looking at her through a mirror. Um, and then she also, there's some reversals as far as um, she calls and says there's a change of plans. So she's making a, a change to what they're planning to do. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to have to keep an eye out on that on reflections and glass and it tends and to be it tends to be in scenes with her or Electra. Uh wow. and it's I think part of it is because they're both trying to figure out who am I right now. She doesn't know who she is because she's not as full of life. She's dying. And she's used up the immortality juice. And she's facing her own mortality for the first time, I think. Okay. Which would be another reversal for her. Yeah. Where she's kind of going back to what she was before they were kicked out of Kunlun. Which makes sense because the first scene where we meet her, she's going into the to see the doctor. And that scene ends with her leaning up against a glass door. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and glass and... And mirrors and reflections. Yeah, that's all about looking inward. The other yeah, thing so I, that works. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I find really interesting about her character is we meet this character at the moment of her greatest weakness as she's starting to die. So we meet Alexandra at the beginning of her decline or in the middle of her decline. We don't meet Alexandra at the height of her power. Which is very interesting. When you're bringing in a bad guy, you, you normally want to make your bad guy a threat because they're a match for your heroes. In this situation, she's a threat because what she wants, what she needs, she needs more than the heroes want to stop it. You know, I mean, she's in a life or death struggle. And then she's pushing her heroes into a life or death struggle because of that. So yes. I, I, I think that's really interesting that they, they start her at that point. Yeah. Okay, so change of plans. What's the change of plans? I don't know what their original plan was exactly, but she goes to the restaurant and she talks with Danny and Stick and all the guys except for Jessica. And she says, how about this? There's some alternatives. We're not trying to kill you. Danny, we respect you. You're the protector. And so, you know, we serve life. And and we're going to, you know, we'll just let us take you now. Because the last time the hand had to come together, like they're coming together right now, there was a huge culling and people were dying. And it wasn't great. And just come with us, you know. We serve life. And Danny says, for all your talk of life, you sure do kill a lot of people. <laughs> Which is true. Um, but they want him. They they don't care about the others. May, they might even let them live, she says. But um, they obviously don't agree. And she says, but you're protecting the city if you... No, no, no. So then Electra arrives and Alexander says, go on, my child. Serve life itself. And then Jessica Jones runs over Electra with a car. And... <laughs> Gets out and we get the hero shot 
of the series as the defenders line up. And you're right. Um, the meaning of five, you know, but stick is a defender. He's lined up with them and yeah, it gives them five. It makes them their own fist, their own hand. And I wish I would have thought of that myself, but they're the super iron fist. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And to be continued next episode. All right. Well, any other thoughts about this episode that you want to bring up before we wrap this up and move into a post credit about someone else who's trying to emulate the success of Netflix? A final thought. Hold on. Let me get my glasses on. I'm sorry. Because I do have a final thought. (laughs) Um, I'd like to thank, thank our Patreon patrons, Andrew Jeffrey, 084. Anthony, Trent, and Tassel, thank you very much. Yes, thank you very much. We appreciate you helping us out like that. Um, And it comes at a perfect time where we're needing some help with some, well, just it's the cost of running this show. And the costs of running this show have changed since we started the show. So it's it's been interesting following along with some of the laws and stuff that are happening in other countries that are affecting the way Google does things and yeah thank you very much well we need to wrap this episode up then samantha thank you so much for podcasting with me again um getting a little late though got to get back to things um you know because like they say life life comes first i wish i had someone to help me with with life samantha because life well it's complicated then uncomplicated Thanks once more for listening. You've heard us. Now we'd love to hear from you. Just go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback to contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling one seventy seven fifty five level 7 You can also join the conversation by liking us on Facebook, facebook.com slash welcometolevel7, or by following us on Twitter, where we are level7pod. Welcome to Level 7 is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, get productive in your personal and professional life, theorize over TV shows, laugh at our clean comedy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews, and more at noodle.mx. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, Godspeed. Uh, Samantha? Yes. Um, you know, you should be a counselor. Like you just, you just wrapped up years of therapy by saying, saying that. <laughs> like, <laughs> I always think of uh, whenever I'm like working with someone in a kind of a counseling um, relationship kind of thing. Uh, did you ever see the Saturday Night Live episode where, um, oh, I can't remember the name of the, the actor, but he plays a um, financial analyst and he's like, wow, this is going wrong and this is going wrong and, and fix it. Just fix it. You know, he's, uh, the, the deficit is, is it's just huge. It's just getting bigger and bigger every day. Fix it. <laughs> like that's his, <laughs> that's his uh, solution is fix it. Like that's, yeah, uncomplicated. Um, hey, so uh, this is something I'd heard about uh, early this year, maybe even uh, late last year. And we're going to talk about it now because it's a podcast thing where Stitcher is trying to, you know, kind of emulate netflix and build a relationship with marvel 
and release a series uh, that then people would subscribe to their service to be able to listen to. Um, we talked a little bit about it and about how it was behind a subscription paywall at Stitcher for a while, and then it was going to be free. And then I completely lost track of it, completely forgot about it. And then you, Samantha, I think it was yesterday or today? Yesterday. Uh, mentioned, hey, have you seen this? And it's free now. It is being released weekly for free on Stitcher and pretty much every other um, place where you would get podcasts from. So I'm listening to it on my podcast app, which uses iTunes. Um, how are you listening to it? Um, through um, Downcast, okay. uh, which is a uh, podcast app. And it's it's free now. It's Wolverine, uh, The Long Night. And it is a drama series, episodic. I can't remember how many episodes there were. Um, they've all been released um, on Stitcher through the – if you are a paid subscriber to Stitcher. And so I believe that the entire thing has been released for a while there along with extras. But if you listen to it for free right now, I think three episodes have come out or yes, four. Did they just release a fourth? Episodes. Yeah, there's a uh, sort of a um, trailer episode, which is technically episode one. And then yeah, two, three, yeah. and four are actually episodes one, two, and three of the pod yeah. of the story. Um, and I, I have listened to all of episode one and most of episode two. I have not listened to episode three yet. Um, and it's fantastic. It is. It is really really good um richard armitage plays wolverine and there aren't any other actors i've heard of <laughs> that play any other characters but um it basically if i'm just going to give you the the rough outline imagine an x-files episode okay <laughs> yeah i mean it, it takes place in alaska even i mean it, it even takes place in a place that feels like the first few seasons of, of X-Files. So X-Files episode, they're investigating a creature, but as they're investigating this creature that has possibly murdered a dozen people, you, the listener, know that they're talking about Wolverine. Now, the question is, did he murder these people or not? And... The question is then if he did, why? And if not, what did? And what's Wolverine doing in this place? But Wolverine, if you remember in Batman Begins, when they first have Batman do a mission on the docks there, it's filmed as if Batman is a monster. And yeah. this is done as if Wolverine is the creature that the stand-ins for Mulder and Scully are investigating. Um, but Or is he? Well, that's what I'm saying is it's yeah. that's the way the story is working. You don't know because like I you hear about this murder and I'm just like, well, it can't possibly be him. But it certainly sounds like it could be him and it certainly feels like it could be him. And there's just I, I'm not far enough in to even know where the mystery is going to be taking us other than right now. I'm, I'm just at the, that beginning point of. Is it him or not? And if so, why? Uh, it's it's really, really well done. It's, I think, a better production than a lot of the um, graphic, uh, what they call it, graphic audio series that I, I, and I really like those, but this just feels 
I don't know. There, there's something about it. Um, it just feels like a step above that. And, and that might be because it's an original story done in a way that is for audio rather than taking a storyline that's already been created and turning it into something for audio. But I'm, I'm really enjoyed it. I'm so glad that you brought it up because I completely forgot about this. Well, I think we actually need to give credit to the person who brought it to my attention, who is field agent boyfriend. My yeah, boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, I, I just feel uncomfortable calling him that because he's not my I boyfriend. Like, but <laughs> yeah, know? but he he's... doesn't want to have his name on the show, no, which I, we have to respect that. That's totally but, understandable. I'm just yeah. saying I have a hard time calling him that because you're not my boyfriend. Um I guess okay, I would just. He's Mr. Sam if he doesn't want to be called by his own name. Okay. Or I, I could go with, with Special Agent Sam's boyfriend. Okay. Maybe that's 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 what I need to do. But. Or Secret Agent Boyfriend because he's kind of hidden in the background of this show. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, it's it's been great. And I love listening to audio dramas. And, and this has been a lot of fun. So. Yeah. This, this sounds like almost like. An old radio show where you would have all the uh, background noise and, and um, Foley sounds and so forth. Yeah. Which has never yeah. gone away. That's, that's really, the, that's no. the thing that's, that's interesting is that because of podcasting, it's making a resurgence. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's, it was at its height, you know, in the fifties, sixties, um, and then seventies of starting its decline into the eighties and then it kind of disappeared. Kind of, not quite. Kind of. I think Prairie Home Companion really kept it alive for a long time. Yeah. And it was the only thing, that was really the only thing you could find on the radio. <laughs> like, yeah. um, but you know, you had, you had people making cassettes and then you had the, your, your Christian, um, you know, Adventures in Odyssey and Unshackled. Oh, yeah. But um, yeah, now you come into it and because of podcasting there's it's all over the place and this is where stitcher i think is looking at the the netflix model and the netflix money and wondering well could we do that and it's a lot cheaper to make an audio drama than it is to make a netflix eight episode series with all the actors <laughs> oh, yeah. and special effects and stuff so yeah yeah and and there's been some good new ones i can't remember the titles of them uh g did one that Boy, I, I, I probably shouldn't even started talking about it because I can't remember the title of it. But there's been some good sci-fi kind of things coming out recently and uh, kind of in the wake of Serial. Uh, there's been a number of uh, fictional ones that I've heard that are kind of taking the Serial uh, model but doing a fictional story. Um, I even want – I want to do a Serial type of thing using superheroes and – you know, just having your your podcaster talking about you know interviewing people. I thought that's what this was going to be, honestly, when it when it started. But um, I was glad that it, it's actually straight up drama and not trying to be a podcast or trying to be serial with Wolverine in it. Yeah, so, yeah. So that's that. Wolverine, the Long Night. If you like that kind of thing, listen to it. You might like it. Yeah, and I think that. I've only listened to through episode th well episode three of the story, um, and there's a cult -like group in this Alaskan village, and I think there may be another mutant or another enhanced person or 
however you want to call it in the area. It's just my theory. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> well, we'll but see. We will see. Um, and everybody in the town has a secret. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's because yeah. everyone who lives in Alaska is running from something. Yeah. Which, not entirely true, but there's actually no. some truth to that. A little bit of truth. Just not everybody. Just some. No. Um, and I'll, I'll also say this. Uh, it's It's violent and it's a little rough. So this is definitely not for the little kids. Um, yeah. If unless your little kids can handle it, I don't. I don't know. Some kids can, some kids can't. I would say, you know, to err on the side of caution. Know your children and know uh, what you're getting into. But this is not uh, animated X Men kind of thing. This is more um, Logan in in tone and less yeah. less uh, X Men one <laughs> in tone. So. Yeah, um, they at the beginning of every episode they do say do say listener something like listener discretion is advised or something along those lines. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's this is definitely TVMA rated R variety or hard PG thirteen. Uh, I mean, or hard PG thirteen. They, yes, they're talking about Wolverine using his claws, like claws. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that's that. Thanks again for another good episode, Samantha. Thank you. Talk to you later.